You are listening to the Launch Mission Podcast. Preparing students for liftoff on the journey to life after high school. With your host, author and founder of the Launch Mission Ministry, Tommy McGregor. So how does a teenager with visible growth in his faith struggle to the point of declining immaturity once he leaves home after high school graduation? So buckle your seatbelt. And make sure your tray table is in its upright position because it is time for the Launch Mission Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Launch Mission Podcast. I'm glad you're here. And uh, so let's jump right in. We're in the midway through the spring at the recording of this episode. And so if you are a high school senior or the parent of one, then graduation season is literally just around the corner. So because of that, let's do a quick self-evaluation for a moment. To do that, you're going to need to look back for a moment and then look ahead. So let's look back first. I want you to look back and I want you to ask yourself, what have you learned over the past year about yourself and how is that going to help you prepare for this big time life change that's coming just after graduation? All right, let me be more specific. Let's pick two categories in your life, academics and faith development and growth. All right, so think about faith for a moment. If you're a follower of Christ and you've been raised in the church, ask yourself this question. How have I grown in my relationship with Jesus over the past year or two? If you need to pause this podcast recording uh, and list out some examples, then go ahead and do that. Now, how have you grown? Was it in a youth group? A small group? Did you have a mentor in your life or a small group of close friends and accountability? Think about what you have learned and how you have learned it. Now, look ahead at what's coming up in this next chapter of life, the environment that you are about to go into. How is it going to be different in the way you grow and develop in your faith? Will you have the same small group, the same mentor, the same close friends? And if not, what is the plan to replace those influences? Now, let's do the same thing for your academics. Let's pick another topic. Let me ask you this question. Are you disciplined enough to study outside of school at home to make good grades on your own? Do you plan and organize your time well for your schoolwork and then balance all the other things that you need to do and the things that you want to do? Or is that a struggle still in your senior year? And is someone like your parent helping you do those things? If so, what are you going to do in this next year, in this new environment, when you're on your own? How will you keep up with it? Now, look, I get it. These aren't questions that you necessarily want to spend time answering, uh, but it's time to do that. And, and it's important to do that. 
I've worked with high school seniors and college students for for decades now, and I've seen so many of them get to the point of starting college or starting this new chapter of life, and then they start to address these questions. How am I going to find a new community? How am I going to organize and, and, and increase my time management? How am I going to grow? And, and, and they haven't spent the time before this moment doing it. And now, now they're late to the game, and it's, it's, uh, it's harder to do when you're in the midst of it than to do a little bit ahead of time. So that's why we're having this conversation. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast this season, you've heard me talk about the 90-Day Senior Challenge. And so let me say to you, seniors, it's not too late to start this. The 90-Day Senior Challenge will help you form habits in 15 categories over the next 90 days. Now, there's not a lot to do every day. I've given you little bite-sized pieces every day, so it's not going to be overwhelming on any day of these 90 days to do it. But the goal is to form habits by the end of the 90 days. Also, in in the next episode, next week, I'm going to introduce to you a second free resource that will help you find healthy Christian community on over 75 university campuses around the United States. Now, it's called the 3C app, and I want you to be sure that you tune in to episode six for that big announcement. When I was in high school, I had four major influences that helped me grow in my walk with Christ. My friends, my church, my family, and mentors, like my youth pastor and a coach at my school. Because of those people in my life, I was pretty grounded in my faith by my senior year in high school. The problem was, none of them were going off to college with me, and I had never grown in my faith without those four major influences. A few days before graduation, someone gave me a book called The Freshman 15, a 15-week devotional for a freshman's first semester in college. I started reading it the first night after I moved into my dorm room, and it helped me understand how to grow in my walk with Christ in the setting of college. The Freshman 15 book by Tommy McGregor is available on Amazon and other online bookstores. Give it as a grad gift this year. It made all the difference in my first semester in college. Calling all high school seniors, you've been challenged. The 90 Day Senior Challenge is an app that helps high school seniors spend 90 days before going to college preparing for the challenges of life after high school. The app features 15 topics, each with six days to focus on that subject. Each day you are learning more through questions, activities, and steps to develop habits. And you have to pick two people to serve on your accountability team and receive your answers each week. The 90-Day Senior Challenge app is fun and free. Do it along with your entire class at school and church. To download, go to seniorchallenge.app on your smartphone right now. Okay, so my guest today on the podcast is Dennis Stimmel. Dennis is a professor at Coastal Carolina University. He is a best-selling author, an entrepreneur, and he is nationally recognized as a college success expert. A few of his books include The Insider's Guide 
to college success, time management secrets for college students, and procrastination solutions for college students. Those are great titles and really great books. So this episode is going to be part one of our conversation, and we're going to be talking about becoming successful in college and how to master time management. So here's part one of my conversation with Dennis Stimble. The Launch Mission Podcast. Dennis, thank you for being a part of this podcast. Uh, welcome to uh, this uh, episode of uh, the Launch Mission. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. So as I have looked through your books and material, uh, there's so much there. I, I think I want to start with kind of a, a, a wide angle question and kind of zoom in as we go. Um so in your book, Insider's Guide to College Success, you say this, quote, an important concept that students need to understand quickly is that college is an entirely different learning system than high school. What, you, what got you to college uh, will not make you successful in college. You need a new approach, end quote. Um, I, I want to start there and just ask you, what do you mean by that? Um, and how can an incoming college student begin to understand that distinction? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's fundamental to making a transition successful at college, right? The, the reality is in college that I like to think of it as a learning pyramid because visuals, uh, a lot of students are visuals. They kind of get that. And if you think about a traditional pyramid being high school where you go to class, a bell goes off, you go to another class, a bell goes off. And and let's face it, for, for most students, uh, they do most of their learning in class. They don't have to do a ton of work outside of class. Obviously, some students do, but most of their activities and learnings take place in the classroom. In college, you sort of flip that, and that pyramid, if you will, gets turned upside down, where you know, you're only spending 10, 12, 15 hours a week in your classes, and the expectation is, that you're going to spend two to three hours per hour in class working on diving into your assignments, going deeper, discovering questions, doing the assigned readings, etc. So, so much of your time is spent learning outside the classroom in college. And that's a mindset shift because students are used to being in class and out of class. And when they're out of class, they're thinking about their extracurriculars. So fundamentally, that learning pyramid gets turned upside down on them. The second important thing to realize is grades aren't usually normally distributed across the semester. Faculty aren't generally keeping up, asking how you're doing, how are you progressing on some of your big assignments. And the reality is 40, 50 percent of your grade or more, depending on where you are on your college journey, uh, can be earned in that last month of college semester, right, or quarter, whatever you're working on. And you seem like you have all this time, but the reality is you're supposed to be working on these bigger assignments. You're supposed to be managing your work. And often that doesn't be, turn out to be the case, right? And students tend to get oftenly overwhelmed in that last semester. And then I think finally, I find about 50% of students um, don't buy into the fact that GPA matters, right? And the reality is, you know, 
uh, you hear it all the time, C's get degrees, right? People are, they're wanting that piece of paper so they can go on with their journey. And so many of the opportunities that are available to students, um, GPA becomes a filter, you know, scholarships, for instance, uh, overseas trips, right? Doing study abroad programs. I recently, uh, just last week, actually, I had a student who I wanted to recommend. She had really recovered and done well. She was a junior, but her freshman and sophomore years, her GPA was bad. And there was a threshold on being able to do these academic study programs abroad, right? And she didn't meet the threshold. So it's often very, very important that we think about GPA as a sort of a gateway to opportunities that might be available to us either through scholarships, maintaining scholarships, getting internships. Many internships are going to require things like a 3.5 GPA or certainly a 3.0 GPA. So GPA becomes really important for you when you're starting out. And as you gain your experience through time, obviously, we start to replace that GPA with experience. Most people in the business world will use GPA as a proxy until that experience is there to replace that. Yeah, that makes sense. So when I think about the difference differences between uh, high school and college, um, you think about high school and even prior to high school as such a structured environment. I mean, it's not only structured in school, but it's structured at home and you're managed by your parents. Uh, college is just the opposite. It's, it's such an unstructured um, setting. Uh, another quote that I love in your writing like, is, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, things like laundry become an issue, right? Yes. Getting your food, uh, you know, all these different things that many students actually start to get, as silly as it sounds, they start to get overwhelmed when everything starts backing up on their schedule. That's right. It's just the practical stuff, and not, not to mention the academics. Um, you wrote that time management requires self-management. Um, how would you say a, a student can uh, make that adjustment from the structured environment of the life that they've grown up in to this unstructured uh, uh, setting of college? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's a very difficult challenge, and it's one that students continue to work on. But I think it starts with mindset right? A mindset of accountability, uh, a mindset that, uh, to use a visual, I'm now the driver in the car instead of the passenger in the car. My mom or dad are driving, right? And maybe I'm driving at times, but for the most part, they're driving. So now I own the car, I'm driving the car, and I have to be self-aware of that, right? So I think the first thing is a mindset shift of accountability and, and recognizing that level of accountability. And Secondly, you want to do small things that help you build confidence and, and start to help you believe in yourself. Avoid absolute, avoid extremes, avoid getting overwhelmed by saying things like, I can never do this or I can never do that. I always like to tell students, hey, say I've yet to master that or um, I've been unable in the past to get to this point, right? Just shifting your mindset, which lets yourself know that, that you have a growth mindset, you're going to grow. You're going to have some obstacles. You're going to have some stumbles, um, but don't be so hard on yourself, right? Recognize that you're accountable. Recognize that all growth happens outside your comfort zone. And so you're going to be uncomfortable early on. You're going to have moments of, 
of stress and anxiety and expect that. So when it comes, it's not a not a shock to you. And then start to celebrate your successes that you have. But, you know, I think most importantly, you get a little self-aware, understand where your blind spots are. You know, if you don't like to get up early, then don't schedule 8 a.m. classes on Monday, <laughs> Wednesday and Friday and early classes on Tuesday, right? Try to lean into where your strengths are and adopt a system, a system that allows you to plan, measure your progress and make adjustments. Then you're going to find things come a lot easier. Yeah. Wow. And you in talking about setting up systems, I think that's one of the struggles that so many uh, high school graduates fall into because they haven't had to set up their own systems. They've they've lived within their parent system or their school uh, structure, and they haven't had to uh, to do that. And so they 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 probably would agree that they want to do that but they don't know how to do that. So um, this just picking out, uh, you mentioned scheduling um, and, and classroom. I know that when I went to college, uh, it was the first time I ever saw a syllabus. Um, right. So just using a syllabus as an example of uh, getting that on the first day of class, your freshman, your uh, fall of your freshman year, first syllabus. Um, how can a student take that, document and create a system out of it that would benefit them academically. Uh, absolutely. One of the uh, one of the challenges in making that transition is understanding your planning horizon. In high school, most students kind of get used to planning a week at a time, right? They they sort yeah. of know what's going on in that week. If you're going to a college that is on semesters as opposed to quarters, like most students will go to a semester system, you're dealing with 16 weeks that you have to plan and you have to understand. So we really need to move from that one week planning, if you will, that system, as you said, that somebody else provided all the checks and balances so we stay on the rails, to sort of creating an understanding of what the 16 weeks that we're facing this semester looks like. So I always tell people, look, the automated tools, your calendars, your, your iPhones, your Google Docs, all those scale, scale, uh, excuse me, scheduling tools are fantastic. But the challenge becomes they're, they're not driven toward efficiency. They're not driven toward getting you most out of the time. So we have to do some planning. So I like to tell students, take, take your, uh, each one of your syllabi, look at those, get your planner out open it up to the full month view. I like to use planners that have a month view and then the weekly daily view. So in the month view, I want you to go ahead and write down every one of your assignments for your first class and put your assignment due dates on that calendar. What that's gonna allow you to do is to see areas where you have a lot of assignments coming due. And if you waited to just that particular week where assignments are clustering, these tend to happen around activities like spring break, for instance, right? Or before final or midterm exams. You have these areas where your assignments are going to cluster together. And then by looking quickly at your calendar, you're going to see blank areas, areas where you don't have anything due. This allows you to set your own milestones, pull some of those assignments from those busy areas into those areas that aren't busy, 
create your own milestone, your own due dates, so you can literally smooth out your work that you have to do across that semester. You also wanna pay specific attention to any assignment that is significant. And that's gonna vary by class, but certainly an assignment that's worth 10% or more is gonna be a significant assignment. You wanna make sure that you're allocating your time effectively into those assignments. All assignments aren't created equal. Some are very easy. Some are uh, might be part of a participation grade if you're doing a presentation, for instance. Others might be uh, a significant midterm, for example. So you want to understand the weight of those assignments. And I like to tell students those heavyweighted assignments, you know, underline those in red. So that's the first part of the process. The second part of the process now becomes making some level of estimates against your workload. And this is very hard to do when you're new, but that's how we practice, right? You've got a quiz you wanna prepare for. How much time do you think that's gonna take? Is that gonna take two hours, three hours? Because literally we wanna go from taking activities on our monthly calendar to actually scheduling the actual work that we want to do, right? The assignments there, but now weekly in our plan, I'm gonna spend three hours on this quiz on Sunday night, for instance. Now, I also tell students to make sure they plan their fun right? Time management isn't about eliminating all the fun ahead of your life. It's just about giving yourself a plan. And if you're going to go out Friday night, um, don't schedule time to study on Saturday morning. If you're going to be go, if you're going to go to church Sunday and you're going to participate in different church groups or what have you on Sunday, don't leave yourself under the delusion that on Saturday, I'll just make it up on Sunday, right? So we want to plan the activities and the hobbies and the things we do as long along with our work so it actually reduces stress and it frees us up knowing that we have a plan. So we're going to do the work up front initially to do a bunch of planning, but that's going to reduce a lot of stress and anxiety and frustration as we go throughout the semester. And then, of course, we're just adjusting as we go forward, as we learn what's taking more time or less time because every class is gonna be different and every student's skill sets are gonna be different, right? One class might be hard for me and easy for you. And then once we do all that stuff, then we wanna put them in our iPhone, in our Android, whatever the case may be, to set the alerts to make sure we stay on track, that, that what we have scheduled, we're adhering to. And that's where the automatic alerts come in and are very effective. But the idea of just scheduling a bunch of stuff in your planner, in your uh, iPhone, without actually thinking about load balancing, about scheduling, about establishing milestones before you do that, um, is not near as effective. It'll help you. It'll make, help you make sure you don't miss assignments, which is critical because a large number, 25% of students will miss an assignment in their first two weeks, and that zero is hard to overcome. But the reality is, by spending a little bit of work up front, doing the planning up front, getting organized, the rest of that 16-week period is going to go much better for you. Right. So I'm, I'm hearing what you're, what you're telling uh, teenagers in the 21st century to do is to get a, a paper planner or, some, or a, a spreadsheet or something like that as opposed to the calendar that they have. And I think... Uh, that's actually uh, revolutionary <laughs> when you think about it, because that's not what they would normally do. 
but they can then, I guess, look at it and see it. Is that is that kind of the idea? Is that you know start with that because then you can visualize the the big picture. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first thing that we need to do is uh, to allow the students to see the whole playing field at once, if you will, right? And many mm -hmm. athletes can kind of get this. It's it's like I need to I need to understand where I'm going before I get caught up in the daily activities. What does it all look like? Um, you know, hey, uh, much like you've got the big rivalry with the crosstown rival in your football or basketball or softball game, whatever it is, midterms are kind of that way. You know what prep you need to do, what you need to prepare. So it's counterintuitive. Um, I, I ran a, and it's anecdotal evidence um, because it, it's not really backed by a large enough statistical body. But when I did teach uh, first year experience with students, students who adopted this system literally had over a grade, almost a grade and a half better GPA their first year than students who didn't adopt this system. But we know things like note-taking are 30% more effective when we take them by hand as opposed to typing on our computer because we're engaging different parts of the brain. And by doing this, we're, we're engaging different parts of the brain. We're engaging in a planning process, an organization process, and then we're also sort of making these little micro commitments to ourselves while we're going. Um, and then once the plan gets started, students tend to, to follow it. And it, it, it's, it's a simple but extremely powerful. And I think that's, that's what we need. You know, the more complex we make things, the more difficult it is for students to adhere to them and follow them. So if we give them some simple things to do, um, that actively engage them in the process, right? They're rolling up their sleeves, they're digging, they're getting an understanding. Um, they're starting to understand the importance of estimating times and what's going on. Uh, and all of a sudden they don't get stressed out. I'll, I'll have, I remember this with my son, he was so stressed out, he had all this work and we mapped it out and he literally had like seven or eight hours worth of work and he had 40 hours to do it. And hmm. that, that's often our our inner demons, if you will, just sort start to take over. So by creating a process that you control and you engage with, um, it starts to connect with most students. You have been listening to the Launch Mission Podcast. For more about the ministry, this podcast, the 90-Day Senior Challenge, the 3C app, or any of the other resources mentioned, go to thelaunchmission.org or visit us on Facebook and Instagram at The Launch Mission.